Welcome to the program, listeners. Tyler Friel with you on WISR, 680 AM, 107.5 FM. You are listening to Let's Talk, the half hour where we sit down and chat with various businesses, organizations, and nonprofits in the area. Today is our monthly chat with specialized staffing. Lisa Gar joins us by telephone. Lisa, as always, good to chat with you. Good to chat with you as well. So we've got a full 30 minutes coming up for our listeners. If you can't stick around for the full 30 minutes, well, don't worry. We have you covered. You can go online. WISR680.com is the place to take care of that. Just look under the programs page. Look for Let's Talk, and that's where you can find today's conversation with specialized staffing. You can also find us on your WISR mobile app. If you have an iPhone or an Android, you can download us there. You can also listen to Let's Talk on Spotify. If you've entered the new age and listened to some podcasts, Podcast. Let's Talk is available there as well. So you can just search for Let's Talk WISR and you can find today's show. We've got plenty of ways for you to listen because that's what you should be doing today. We always get some interesting notes from Lisa as we talk about things that we need to know for our business. And the topic of today's conversation, Lisa, is the counter offer. So before we get into all of that, I always like to let the listeners and let you give an opportunity to talk a little bit about specialized staffing as to what is the latest happening there and what you guys have going on. Sure. So as you know, we are now part of the CHS team and we continue to operate individually as specialized staffing and industry recruiters here uh, locally in Butler. And we've got lots of opportunities for people here locally, many of them administrative and clerical, uh, some management level opportunities. You can take a look at those on our website, thebestworkwithus.com. And then as a result of our new partnership, we have opportunities uh, in surrounding counties, a lot of those, you know, within the manufacturing sector. So again, uh, that website available, and we'll make sure we continue to put that out there as we go throughout the course of our show. But we're talking about counter offers today on the program. Let's talk about what a counter offer is, Lisa. So what would be a counter offer in the world of employment? Sure. So in the world of employment, a counter offer is an offer made by your current employer as a result of your resignation to accept an offer with another company. So when we're talking about the counter offer, this seems like something that both us as employees and employers are going to struggle with because we like our team. We could be in a situation where we feel like the business is operating functionally. So let's talk about this from the perspective of the employer first. We feel like things are running smoothly. We like our team. We like coming into work every day, or we like working with the people we're working with. And then all of a sudden, Joe from accounting wants to leave. What is my job? What is my role as an employer? Because I like Joe. He's a good worker, good employee, and I don't want to let him go. What should I be doing? Sure. Well, you know, Tyler, at this point, you, you're pretty much already, you, the ship sailed. So what you should be doing if you're an employer and you like your team is you should be conducting compensation uh, studies. You should be making sure that you're offering the best compensation, the most, uh, you know, the most, um, uh, the best benefit package. Uh, you should be offering uh, the the best employment situation so they don't leave in the first place. However, you get to the point that you just said, and Joe from accounting has 
turned in his resignation. And while making a counteroffer to Joe from accounting may seem like a good approach right now because you want to you want to retain him, sometimes it's not always the best approach. And and there are certain reasons why. And when you think about it, um, you know, there's 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 the trust issue and you know, an employee resigns, that often indicates that the employee is unhappy for some reason. Uh, there's a desire for change. And when you make a counteroffer to that employee and they end up accepting it, it, it creates a perception that there is a lack of commitment to the organization. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So basically that, you know, again, using our fictional example here, that, that Joe was obviously unhappy with something in the organization, right. whether it be compensation, whether it be uh, his, whatever it may be, this is something that you're saying the counteroffer may just be delaying the inevitable. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, exactly. It's a short-term solution on both ends. And let me tell you something, Tyler. We've been doing this for a long time, and I can tell you very, very rarely when we are talking to a candidate who is interested in evaluating opportunities to make a move, very rarely is compensation, even in the top three reasons, they're looking. Mm. So Lisa, what if, you know, we've made these counter offers in the past or, you know, we've never really thought about the counter offer or they're listening to our, our conversation here today and go, well, Lisa guard said counter offers are a bad idea, but that employer thinks this individual may be different. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what position it is. You're saying this is just never a really prudent way to operate your business. Well, there are exceptions to every rule, rule, and I'm not saying it's never a, a good approach, but it typically is not a good approach. There are studies that show 80% of people who accept a counteroffer, 80% end up leaving within six months after accepting the counteroffer. The, some of the same studies have shown 90% of individuals who accept counteroffers end up leaving within 12 months. So think about it. There's, there are underlying reasons why people, what that would compel people to go through the process of either looking for another job or let's say, you know, you're approached and, and that does happen. But, it, but going through the interview process and the negotiation process and the decision-making process to decide to leave your job and take another job, that is not an easy process. So you've already done all of that work. And to accept a counteroffer completely, and, and oftentimes it is a result of they just throw more money at it. And it's a short-term solution in many cases, not all cases. I mean, there may be some cases where a company has fallen behind on their compensation structures, or, you know, there, there may be a situation where somebody's leaving because of a lack of advancement potential, but yet you have somebody that's about to retire next year that they could, you know, they could possibly move into a position. So that would be a good reason to talk somebody into, you know, potentially considering staying. But again, you you have to you have to consider those things before 
deciding to make a counteroffer. If you're making a counteroffer just because you want to retain the talent, you just, you know, you just don't want them to leave. You don't want to have to be bothered trying to find somebody to refill the position. Just consider these things. Yeah, we're talking with Lisa Gard, Specialized Staffing and Industry Recruiters. Well, you talked about it a little bit before, is kind of this ongoing evaluation process. I wanted to bring up compensation studies. How do we, as maybe a small business owner, or even uh, you're running a company, how do we know that we're accurately compensating our employees? Right. Well, there are a few things you can do. I mean, there are certainly very easy solutions like salary.com or other, you know, online uh, resources that you can go and, and conduct some salary research, which, you know, they're, they're valuable resources, but also your industry itself probably has some professional organization. Ours is the American Staffing Association, uh, Human Resources. There's the, the Society for Human Resource Management. Um, you know, there's the Pennsylvania Manufacturers Association for manufacturing companies. Uh, there are lots of professional organizations that conduct uh, periodic salary and compensation surveys, and they have that information, they have that data available, you know, uh, oftentimes for free to members or at a discounted price. If you're not a member, you may pay for that. And, you know, it just, it pays to do that, that research periodically. So compensation, like you said, now, well, obviously important, not in the top three reasons as to why somebody's leaving the company. What is, what are uh, the top three? (laughs) Well, typically some of the top reasons, a lot of times it has more to do with management, how they're being managed, how they're being led, company culture. It has to do with career advancement opportunity. Those are some very, very common reasons we hear about that. Other things may have to do with work-life balance. It might have to do with there's no opportunity to telecommute. You know, so those types of things, money can't necessarily fix. But oftentimes when somebody is given a counteroffer that's big enough monetarily, it temporarily compels them to, to stay. So talking about things like workplace culture, which could be its own 30-minute show, I'm sure, on its own, uh, but making sure us uh, in a management level know that these are issues. Uh, How does a management team become aware that maybe there are cultural problems, uh, that your team or your employees are looking to get out because they don't appreciate or, or they don't like coming to work every day? Right, right. Well, and oftentimes that is the situation, you know, you end up in that situation because you haven't kept track of that, you know, and there are lots of ways to keep track of that. And that's, we can, we can, we can make a whole show out of, you know, ways to avoid having to be in a situation where, you know, you may be tempted to make a counteroffer. But one of the things you may want to consider when thinking about making a counteroffer is, you know, the, the, the current environment, uh, the impact on team dynamics, if you didn't think you had a culture problem before, 
think about making that counter offer to an employee. Now their colleagues already know that they, you know, that they turned in their resignation and now all of a sudden they got a counter offer and they're staying. So, Oh, what happened here? They're getting some sort of special treatment. They got a huge increase. What, you know, what is happening? You've got to think about the impact on the team dynamics and what that can do to the culture moving forward. If that makes any sense. Yeah. That all of a sudden Joe from accounting gets a raise, a significant one. What's that going to do to the rest of our team? That can create a lot of resentment from the rest of the team. So then you think about, okay, if we give Joe a raise, then we better look at giving everybody else a raise. And can you do that? So those are all things to consider. Now, another thing to consider if on the employee side, if you're considering uh, accepting this counter offer, again, think of all the work you put into to making the decision to accept the offer in the first place. But now you're deciding, and normally it's you need to let us know within 24 hours. So you have to make a quick decision, but think about what this is going to do to future job searches, because now you, you can, and, and it's a, it's a small world. The corporate world is a small world. So if, if you now have a reputation of accepting counter offers, it could affect your future job search effectiveness. If that, makes any sense that they're aware again using our joe mm-hmm. from accounting guy that joe from accounting accepts counter offers do we actually want to extend him the offer right. for, for him because we know his history is he may not accept it in the first place right so that's something that you know you have to consider as well and the other thing too is and, and, and you brought this up what are some of the major reasons people do accept offers and a lot of times it has to do more with advancement and opportunities and you know corporate culture and if 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 that isn't resolved then you're going to be unhappy very quickly so if if those underlying issues aren't resolved if you don't get the growth opportunity you were promised if you don't get the work life balance you were promised if there isn't the the difference that you were looking for you're going to end up being even more unhappy and again we're talking with lisa guard specialized staffing you mentioned uh, the promise from management so the counter offer includes a little more salary and a promise Mm -hmm. of a new job title maybe or more duties are there situations where that promise just never comes to fruition that management kind of forgets to implement those things and you're just back to the status quo? Right. Oftentimes that is the case. And and I'm speaking now to the, the company side that if you make those promises, you must follow through on them. The money is only going to fix it for a very short period of time. One of two is sticking on the employer company side of things. I think there's a lot of uh, folks in a management position who look at the climate today uh, of the the workplace where there are jobs aplenty, you know, abundant number of jobs. And you hear it time and time again of people who are having difficulty of filling positions. So whenever somebody does leave their team, they feel like they're left looking around and not having a game plan. What would be your suggestion to people who are in a management level to make sure that that pipeline is filled with potential employees. So they're not going right. out there and making that pitfall of the counter offer. 
Wow, I love you, Tyler. I just love that you just brought that up. <laughs> That's one of one of I think that was my first I think that was my first point when we talked about how to how to hire right. And that is always be looking. Always be looking. So even if you're not hiring, if you have an applicant who applies for a position and you don't have one available, have a conversation with that person. If they are of any interest to you, have a 10-minute conversation and let them know that you have an interest. You just don't have an opportunity right now. Would it be okay if you reach out to them in the future and keep them, you know, keep them in, in your back pocket for such a situation? And here is one of the Here's one of the benefits of working with a good recruiting firm or staffing firm is that we work with a number of clients who will tell us if you ever see somebody with this sort of background, if they have this sort of accounting background, if they have this sort of, you know, manufacturing experience, whatever that may be, you know, we'd have an interest in knowing they're available, whether or not we have an opportunity. So oftentimes we'll make companies aware of a candidate that we are working with that is available, just just letting them know we have somebody with this type of skill, you know, that's in, in our locality and, you know, interested in potentially evaluating opportunities to make a move. And oftentimes our, our clients will want to have a conversation with them just for the purpose of keeping that pipeline full because you never know when somebody's going to come and resign. And it is much better to have that pipeline than to hurry up and throw together a counteroffer that really isn't going to fix the underlying issue. Chatting with Lisa Gard, specialized staffing about the pitfalls of the counteroffer. So circling back to the employee now, uh, who, again, has found another job or is looking for another job and receives the counteroffer. We talked about some of the reasons why. I want to bring up the, the the topic of where some of these employees are mentally uh, because when you get the counteroffer, while you may be excited about a new opportunity, I'm sure that uh, level of just how uncomfortable it is to move to a different job. We all get a little <laughs> anxious. We all get a little nervous. So how do we mm-hmm. manage that, the emotional level of, well, I don't mind it here. They're offering me more money. So maybe I'll just stay here because I like that compared to the uncomfortableness of moving to a new position. Right. Change is hard. Change is hard. So the you made the decision to make that change. That wasn't easy. Think about all you went through to make that decision. Yay you. I mean, <laughs> you did it. So follow through, cross the finish line, for God's sakes. Um, you know, I'm sure you didn't make that decision lightly. You made it for a reason. So my suggestion to you is to take the time, tell your employer, you know, I appreciate this counteroffer. Be respectful. I appreciate this counteroffer. I would like some time to think about it. Ask for whatever you feel is reasonable, 48 hours. But then really take that time and think about it and th- and go back to what compelled you to even have an interest in the other opportunity in the first place. Go right back to the beginning, retrace your steps, and make sure if you accept this counteroffer that it's worth undoing everything you did. I mean, it's it's like training for the big race and running. You know, you get there, you get to the starting line, you run for the and then you get to the finish line and you decide, yeah, well, nah, never mind. How do we as an employee gracefully exit? 
uh, you know, how, if we're submitting our resignation, <laughs> we're moving on, how do we make sure we're ending on good terms with our company? Yeah, that's a great question. And it, that it's very important to do that. So you craft a very respectful um, letter of resignation, thanking the company for the opportunity and, you know, letting them know that it is the time. Now is the time for you to move on to other opportunities. Um, offer to, to discuss it with them. If they want to do an exit interview, do not expect, don't do that expecting or wanting a counteroffer, but you you can offer some insight as to what compelled you to make the move that may be able to help them if if what compelled you to make a move was something having to do with corporate culture, having to do with, you know, leadership, you know, you can offer some insight and oftentimes employers will and employers, if you don't, you should do an exit interview. So when somebody is resigning, you want to sit down with them. You want to thank them for their years of service and you want to find out, you know, what, you know, when they started, what did they expect? Was it what they expected? What changed? What made, you know, what compelled them to make their decision? What could we have done differently? What should we do differently? You know, asking those sorts of questions and getting that employee insight. And, and, and employers, not for the, not for the purpose of feeling them out to see if they might be, you know, susceptible to a counteroffer. That ship sailed. Is that, and, and I'm assuming here, which is always dangerous, but I'm sure uh, in an exit interview situation as a management team, it's probably one of the few times where you can really trust that you're getting some unfiltered honesty from a member of your team. Yes. Sure. They're on their way out. Yeah. <laughs> They've got nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, but you want to do it in a, a professional way. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is all based on professionalism and the desire to help a company continue to improve. What about, and again, we're chatting with Lisa Gard, specialized staffing here on the Let's Talk program. What about leaving the door open for a return? And just to Pit, you know, to make this maybe uh, hopefully clarifying the difference between a counter offer and leaving the door open. Let's say it is something of a promotion or somebody's in a spot where this current employee can't get to. Can we as employers, you know, kind of say, hey, you know, if there's something that ever opens up here again, we may reach out. Is that something that is different than a counter offer? How do you navigate those waters? No, actually, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, you always have a home here. You always have a home here. And let me tell you something. I've actually, I, I worked once with a business coach in the staffing industry who would challenge her candidates. If she had a candidate who accepted or who wanted to accept a counteroffer, this is what, and please, I am not, <laughs> I'm not suggesting this to anybody, but it's, it's an approach. If, if you're a candidate, you get a counteroffer from your employer and it's, it's, it's compelling enough to make you consider it. There's nothing wrong with going back to your employer and saying, Hey, I really appreciate this. Here's the deal. I made a commitment to this new company and I feel like I need to honor that commitment. I, I built some trust with them. I have a long lasting trust with you and I don't want to break anybody's trust. So I feel like I need to go and I need to, to follow through on this commitment. But let me ask you something. If after 
30 days. I'm not happy there. And my position is still open. Would, would the door still be open? Or you could take that up to 60 days or even 90 days if you know that it, it may take that long. But, and, and it, sometimes making it longer is more, more effective. But there, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to see what your employer's response to that would be. Mm. Because, a- okay, the door is always open. All right, is it? <laughs> How long is that going to be open? I have another one for you as you're, you know, going through this process as the employee, the company you're applying for makes the offer. You come back, you get the counter offer from your workplace. Should we be then, let's say that counter offers more than what you were offered in another job. If you're following me, do you go back Mm. to that employer and say, Hey, they're offering me this. I mean, is that fair negotiating tactics this early on in the process? It's a negotiating tactic, but I hate it. It it just, you know what, mm-hmm. it, it makes it all about the money. And like I said before, it typically isn't. Now, if you are being grossly underpaid, then perhaps it is about the money. Or if that really is your true motivation and it is all about the money, well, then, hey, you know, why not see <laughs> how much you can get? But typically, it isn't about the money. And I just, you know, those situations just never end well. So then as, as from the employer's side, let's say we're, we're seeing this. We offered the job to, to Joe. He says, hey, my original organization's offering me whatever the price amount is. Can you guys match that? Does that make sense for on our part as the employer? Is this guy somebody that we actually want a part of our team? or Is it? I, yeah. That's a good question, Tyler, really, <laughs> is it? Because if, if I'm the employee, now I'm saying, well, that's great. You're offering me more money. That's really great. But what about advancement? What about the opportunity to telecommute? What about, I mean, because if you're going to consider, and like you said, making that change is hard. So if you're going to consider accepting a counteroffer, would you at least make sure that it's going to provide you and, you know, that it really is going to provide you with what you were missing? Because typically the counteroffer is just more money. Mm -hmm. So does that counteroffer really entail the ability to work from home or, you know, like I said, career advancement, those are the types of, or a change in leadership style. You know, these things are hard to change sometimes. So it, it just oftentimes doesn't make sense. And again, I digress. It isn't always about that. I mean, you, you, there are exceptions to every rule and sometimes it is appropriate to make a counteroffer. But in my experience, those times are a few and far between. Lisa Gard, Specialized Staffing. Uh, what opportunities uh, do we have out there uh, right now through uh, Specialized Staffing? Sure. We've got lots of positions in administrative accounting. Uh, we've got positions in customer service. We have positions in uh, the, the administrative side of healthcare, And again, on the CHS side, you know, lots of positions within the manufacturing sector. And where can they find more information out about all these offers or all these positions? Yes, absolutely. So they can visit us online at thebestworkwithus.com. Thebestworkwithus.com is the place to check that out. And again, that's whether you are somebody that's looking for employment or uh, whether you're an organization that wants to utilize your services, correct? 
Absolutely. Both companies and uh, and uh, candidates. Well, Lisa, as always, uh, appreciate you making the time. It's always a good conversation and uh, have uh, have a rest of a, a good day. Thanks again. You too, Tyler. Thank you. That's Let's Talk with Specialized Staffing and Industry Recruiters, a partner of the CHS Solutions family. Lisa Gard, once again, our guest. You have been listening to Let's Talk. If you missed any of our program, as always, you can check it out online, WISR680.com. It's a place to take care of that. I'm Tyler Friel saying so long for now.